Last year we have our Oktoberfest episode, which really gets an Oktoberfest. You know, yeah. and I was I was tra- I was traveling, so we haven't done an episode, and now it is no longer October. But I know, Larry, I know that you went to a German beer bar. I did, and man. you had yourself some German beers. I did. What'd you have? What'd I you had a, a Dunkel. You had a Dunkel, which, which was, is huge, which was very good and tasty. I had um. What? It's a large pour, or it's huge that he had it? No, it's huge that he had it. He, he hadn't had, had a dunkel. I mean, it was a large pour, but it was dunkles, huge. Yeah. I think yeah. it's big. You don't think it's big that Larry had his very first dunkel? I just, I didn't think that's where you were going to go with this. I yeah. thought you'd be like, yeah, that's great. But I had a, I had a, um, like, <laughs> I had a Jahrhundert beer. Yeah. I believe that's what ah, it's nice. called. From Anger. Yeah, for I, Anger, yeah. Which was, which was fantastic. And I realized something. You know, we are on this thing. I mean, I had a great time. The, this, this place is awesome. It's, it's not too far from my new mm-hmm. place. And a buddy of mine um, was taking a butcher block off of our hands, which is pretty heavy. So I was like, yeah, cool. Come by. We'll, we'll take it and we'll go grab something to drink. So we're over there. And most of the beers, you know, they're not that. I mean, they're very sessionable. They're not like super high in mm-hmm. alcohol content. But the pores are so huge, man. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, by the time I left, I wasn't even. I mean, we drank a lot. And like, it was so crazy. It was like the last beer we had was like the largest beer you could order. I was just, I was just full. They How, do have a boot there. You didn't get a boot. No, there. I saw the boot. The boot was bigger. You got a boot. Full? I was just you got full. full? <laughs> yes, man. I, I literally was just like. I remember you talking about I, how many. That's of what those. I always say. I always say like I love these beers, but like I fear my experience at the real Oktoberfest because I feel like I'd get destroyed. I, up I there. was just like too much. Mo- there was just a point where I was just like, I can't drink this much water <laughs> in, in, this amu- in this amount of time. Plus, with the bubbles, mm-hmm. and God, I was. This may be too much information, so forgive me, but... No, it's... Oh, I can always edit it out. I was farting like a <laughs> madman at night. I don't know if that's direct response to what I was drinking, mm-hmm. but I also ate some good sausage there, had a good pretzel, so it could have been some of that stuff, too, some cabbage. It could have been the cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> or the sauerkraut. Okay, What'd you like more? Okay, buddy, the dog's okay, a little crazy. Okay, okay, Quinn? Okay. I'm, like, I'm drinking beer, Quinn. I'm drinking beer. <laughs> um, did you did you prefer the Dunkel or the Yarhundert beer? I, I really liked the Yarhundert beer. I thought that was great. I liked the Dunkel. I'm trying to remember what I had. Uh, I was I was going to. Oh, I had. I didn't have the Schwartz beer there mm-hmm. because I was about to order it, and um, my buddy ordered. Uh, did he order a, a German style Pilsner? And it was in the big. It was the big one, and I was like, "Well, I can't let you have a big one." And I, I drink a little small <laughs> something, so I ordered the big one too. You gotcha. Know. Yeah. But here's uh, where you went wrong, Larry. This is this is where you went wrong. Okay. You had more than one type of beer. Okay. Oh. Okay. If you're going German style. Just stick with one. one beer. This okay. is so American to, to be all you know, flirting with all these different beers. Well, I was just there. I wanted to try some different things. But now, but it's, I, it but sounds, now like, it sounds like you should get one. You should go back. But here's it. No, no. Me and That's Maddie great. have to go. We'll go back because at some point he, he keeps telling me we're going to go places. We we never do anything together together, mm-hmm. and we there's a and pandemic. we live. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't even live two miles apart. <laughs> That's true. Even since we moved, it. I regret it. Well, I did invite. I okay. Now let me just let's let's litigate this. I did invite <laughs> Larry and his lovely wife Rachel. <laughs> you did to go to a brewery on Saturday. With my wife, it wasn't and, my fault. And they said no. We went to. I fan, didn't say we went no. To, we went to. We'd mentioned the podcast. We went to Phantom Carriage Horror yeah. Theme Brewery. I had a great time. Awesome. We watched um, the Unborn, I think, which was about a Dybbuk, which I believe is a Jewish demon ghost. 
of oh. lore or something like that. Not a good movie, but oh, they wow. were playing it nonetheless because it's Halloween time. <laughs> and my wife wore a costume. Uh, she dressed as Allison Roman, who's a like an online chef. Wow. And she got a, we got a 10% discount. So thanks to Phantom Carriage for that. Well, I, it sounds like I missed out. Yeah, you missed out on a whole lot. And the sounds beer was good. like the beer, I missed out. They had a pumpkin beer, which... We'll get to. But before we do that, also, I just want to send a thank you. We got a really nice email um, from our listener, Jess. Jess um, and her boyfriend, Dan. Thank you so much. It was a great email. It's a great email. They're very nice. A couple sweeties. We're big fans. Yeah. But they also they cool. let us know because we always talk about Rich's famous uh, white Russian beer. Um, and they let us know. Left Hand Brewing in Colorado makes a white Russian white stout, um, which I, I was at the bottle shop today and I couldn't find it. I know left hand's around. One day we'll find it. I'm in, I'm intrigued by this. Yeah, we'll check it out one I'm day. Intrigued. Yeah, it's su- super sweet. That's yeah. Thanks first of all for listening, and thanks for remembering that I many many years ago brewed, brewed this uh, this sort of beer. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to try more of these. <laughs> Rich's yeah. lost beer is famous. <laughs> That's right. Um, wait, back. do you have any other lost beers? I don't think I should take credit for these things. I mean, <laughs> I love beers to guard. They're absolutely delicious style of beer. Um, no one outside of, you know, Northwestern France and Southwestern Belgium has ever had them. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? I what? Served, oh, beer de garde. Sorry. Yeah. I, I used to brew them at, um, at this French style brew pub that I brewed at in San Francisco. And, mm. um, yeah, I thought they were delicious. We served a, all the ones I could find from France. We, we had like three or four on the menu. And I also, awesome. well, can thank, I thanks again. Thank you again, Justin. Dale. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Justin. Uh, yeah. can I, I, I'm going to ask, I just started thinking about this. Yep. Do you have a favorite beer? that you have brewed that's like this was like just something where you're just like god that was i love that that how that turned out boy like yeah, a, a favorite like one you mean like not a bunch or not a bunch one, one batch no not a bunch like one specific i just said he's brewed a lot of one stuff recipe. he's home brewed he's favorite brewed recipe. there are two beers that come to mind right, right off the bat one is um one, one's a beer yeah also from this this french style brew pub i, I called it sir lee which means uh on lees it, it basically was an unfiltered my version of a French countryside pilsner, if that's such a thing. I mean, basically, I, w- I was trying to like brew good beers, and France isn't famous for a lot of beers other than Bière de Garde, so I needed to brew something other than Bière de Garde, and I love a good pilsner. So I brewed it with all French malt and uh, French hops and uh, served it unfiltered, sort of, you know, my homage to country style. Uh, this was back in 2015, and um, it was just so damn good. I loved it. It was, it was really good. Um, and then there was another one called... Um, Frank is what we call that. I had just come back from Franconia in uh, in Upper Bavaria, nor- in, not Upper Bavaria, Northern Bavaria, sorry. Um, and uh, this is 2012, I guess. And uh, it was just, it's a super yummy beer. I wanted it to be um, lots of malt flavor, uh, but also lots of bitterness and only four and a half percent alcohol. Ooh. And um, then I ruined it by adding herbs to it. I was like, no one's going to drink this beer. My, my assistant brewer and I, Mike, uh, he and I just drank this beer. Like we probably had half of it before we released it. And then we looked at each other. We're like, who the hell is going to buy this four and a half percent alcohol beer in like San Francisco in March? It doesn't really like no one knows what Franconia is or like Northern Bavarian uh, Amber Lager. So I don't know. It was just we decided I'll just add a bunch of herbs to it and uh, release it as some sort of like herbal beer or something like that. And uh, it was fine, but it wasn't like to die for anymore. But you really I, loved it initially. Oh, yeah. I loved Frank. Yeah. Mike and I just drank Frank all the time. That's and so then good. I <laughs> killed Frank and turned it into, into Herb. And Herb wasn't as good. I see. So, 
Sad, sad time, sad moment. <laughs> Wait, can I, is a, is a grisette, is that Belgian or French? No one really knows. It's okay. not a specific thing. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess it's, if anything, it's Belgian because it borrows from the, um, the history of, of, uh, I'm not sure what they were mining, some sort of surface miners in, um, uh, Southern Belgium in, in Wallonia. Um, they were mining some sort of rock or metal and, uh, would come out of the, out of the mines all dusty and gray with, with dust. And, you know, the dust had stuck to their sweaty faces. And so they were sort of gray in color. And it was the, the like work a day after, after shift beer, um, that they would pound. And, uh, because it was from Wallonia, Wallonia, it's now associated with Cezanne's and it's gotcha. sort of the modern interpretation now is like, it's a three and a half percent alcohol vaguely Cezanne sort of beer. Um, but no one really knows what it is. It just had a backstory and a, and a function to be absolutely delicious and thirst quenching at three and a half percent alcohol. I like that. that. That's all you need. I can dig it. Cool. So shall we, uh, shall we get to it? Let's get to do the it. Meat? Let's do it. Everyone. Welcome to liquid bread. I'm Maddie Smith. With me, as always, is my buddy Larry Bates. What it do? What it do? And my other buddy, Master Cicerone. laugh at all this stuff. Master Cicerone, the Barley Boy, Rich Higgins. The barley Boy. Barley Boy. Yep, that's me. Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm Barley Boy. Barley boy. <laughs> yes, there's the guy. Larry, do you want to take it away? Instead of pottage and puddings and custards and pies... Our pumpkins and parsnips are common supplies. We have pumpkins at morning and pumpkins at noon. If it was not for pumpkins, we should be undone. If barley be wanting to make it into malt, we must be contented and think it no fault. For we make liquor to sweeten our lips of pumpkins and parsnips and walnut tree chips. That's beautiful. That's a goofy song. That's America's first folk song, apparently. That's the Forefathers song from 1630. Um, You'll note it talked about pumpkins a whole lot, because we used to eat pumpkins a whole lot. Today, we're talking about pumpkin beers, Uh, the beloved seasonal brew that captures the hearts of Americans every year as the leaves begin to fall. Larry, what do you think of pumpkin beers? I don't. I don't think of, I don't think of them at all. I really I, I don't. I mean, I'm don't excited. Factor. I'm excited for this. I don't think of them at all. I don't even think I've ever had a pumpkin. I know it's a, I know it's a type of squash. A lot of people haven't had a pumpkin. I feel, or yeah. they don't exactly know what a pumpkin actually tastes like. Yeah, which we'll get into. I mean, I I I, I do pumpkin pie, although I'll mm-hmm. probably like sweet potato pie. But I, who knows? I just um I I don't I, I so don't no. think of pumpkin beers. Nothing. Well, we're gonna, Rich. I'll get to you, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna crack this open. We're drinking from Maine and Mill Brewing and Barrel Works in uh, Montana, right? No, shit. Sorry, Mo is Missouri. <laughs> it's from Missouri. <laughs> Sorry, I need to take a second for my uh, uh, postal codes. I was gonna say I don't I don't recognize that beer. I don't I, was, I don't see that beer around. I was gonna say I, I read Mo and I got excited for a second. Uh, but yeah, now I remember. St. <laughs> Festus, Missouri, we have uh, Main and Mill Brewing's Halloween Session Stout, which is brewed with pumpkin, cinnamon, nutmeg, and vanilla. It's not actually a pumpkin ale, but there's pumpkin involved, so I thought that it would be a valid drink for Larry and I. Wait, 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 open. Maddie, what's a pumpkin ale? A pumpkin ale, we're going to get to it, we're going to talk about it. You're well, the Cicerone, Maddie, so really me. I'm going to let drinking, you take the lead. You're drinking a Session Stout. With what pumpkin, is a pumpkin and ale? spices. Is it a well, pumpkin I think, ale or not? I would say this is, a, I guess it is, yes. By <laughs> the very, it's not, it's no? not. You would say, I'm kidding. It is. Maybe it is. You tell me. 
I'd say it's a very broad category that we're going to, this is going to be a loose episode where I think Rich tells us a lot that like, it's whatever. <laughs> so yeah. we'll get to that's it. That's basically the gist of my, my, yeah, that's your, that's your pumpkin beer lesson. Um, but we'll get more into flexible. it. There's a little more history. Rich, do um, you normally drink pumpkin beers? Do you, yeah. So Rich, what do you think of pumpkin beers? I think a pumpkin beer has to either taste like pumpkin or taste like the spices that go into pumpkin pie. If it doesn't have one, at least one of those things, it's not a pumpkin beer. I don't care if it's six to 7% alcohol, amber ale or not. Like I think the session stout that you're drinking that I really kind of want to be drinking right now too, even though it's from <laughs> Missouri and not Missouri, Montana, not I can't Montana. get it. I'm jealous. I, you didn't tell me I did. It's interesting. I, I it's, an, it's interesting. It's it's more cinnamony than anything. It's I, like cinnamon and nutmeg. I, I feel like I smell pumpkin, but I don't. I don't. I don't think I love the smell of pumpkin. Well, do you smell pumpkin, Larry, or do you smell spices? I think I smell. Pumpkin. I think that's going to be the main theme of this: is pumpkin spice versus pumpkin. Also, my apartment's haunted because a bag just fell off a <laughs> counter for no reason. It's haunted. Yeah, it's very, we yeah, should the just beer, introduce the beer Quinn. Not, from, yeah. Yeah, I, well, yeah, Quinn. No, that actually, Larry, that was not the dog. Interesting. <laughs> that was actually the ghost. This is interesting. It's an oh. interesting. I like. It. I need. I need time with it. We've also been drinking sour beers, so I think that might be hitting us with this like very sweet, contrasty, thick mm. stout. I think that's why I want it so badly. I want what I think of as a session stout right now, mm-hmm. pumpkin spice or not, just because you know I feel like chugging a beer, and these sour beers that we just had are delicious. Yeah. But we're not chuggers. Yeah, keep an eye out unless, unless next, next week. The sour we'll do the we'll have the release the taster for those uh, sour beers. Um, but for now, let's talk about pumpkin beer. And yeah, Rich kind of hit it with the weird ambiguity of pumpkin spices versus the flavor of pumpkins. Larry, you're making a face. Not into this. Not into this stout as much. Mm. First sip was a little strong, but I'm actually I'm kind of digging it now. Really, I'm letting it sit, and I'm kind of digging it now for a sipper. Once once I once the impact. Hit me. Very interesting. I am. I think I'm good on pumpkin. If I'm good on don't pumpkin you have family beers. near Missouri? They're in Mississippi. That's not necessarily near Missouri. The South, sorta. I, I think Illinois <laughs> is closer to Missouri than Mississippi. I'm from Arizona. Hey, Lived most of my life in California. Math. My geography doesn't go east yeah. of there. Let's talk about pumpkin beers. I'll give you. There's a little bit of a history because I think now pumpkin beers are known as sort of this trendy thing that comes about every year. I think they sell really well. Rich, we can talk about that. But there is a little bit more of a history of, of pumpkins in beer um, than that would imply. Uh, pumpkin beer goes way back to the early days of colonial America, in fact. Did you know that, Larry? I did not know that. You did not I know did that? Not know Let's that. get into they it. They didn't teach me that at school. No? No. Hmm. First European settlers to America were dying like crazy, is what we know first. They were going to Virginia. We all know Roanoke. I think they all just died, is what happened, even though people say it was like monsters and stuff. Um, but basically, I think like it was three quarters of the uh, settlers to Virginia, for instance, died. Um, a lot of the reason they thought people were dying was because the only thing they had to drink was water. Because back then, uh, people thought that ales and beers and alcohol were somewhat healthy. That some sort of like health uh, qualities to them. Well, Rich talks mm-hmm. about this, right? Because yeah, episode episode three. Yeah, we talk about this because the process of making beer, you actually purify what you're drinking. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the purification process occurs during the boil. Yeah, but, but that's my yeah. point. But that's my point. You're not doing that with your water. Yeah, yeah, it's typically safer to drink than, than, than water. But I, I, we're already getting into these tropes that I am super hypersensitive to right now about like, the, oh, well, the first European settlers to America were dying like crazy. Yes, they were because they were not ready for prime time, basically. Well, I, th- I like, mean, I would, yeah, I mean, as an actual American studies like, you know, major, I, the obvious, they were dying for a lot of other reasons. Well, no, they, no, no, no. The, 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 
I'm talking about like some social justice here. The, the oh. point is like, why are we talking about Europeans? It's because they're the ones that had a beer culture that they were trying to imitate and export and potentially yeah. colonialize into, into, you know, quote unquote, the new world. Mm. And so that's why we're even talking about this portion here, but like the native Americans that lived here knew how to find water and hydration just fine. Oh yeah. So that's, so that's, that's actually ways a to do fantastic it. point. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. not, yeah, I'm not, I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm just putting it in the context of the beer. <laughs> I don't mean to. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Matt's like, man, I'm, I'm just around. I'm not I'm around these. these they had stores. pumpkins long before, long before, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I just in in so many things I read and so many things that I have to teach and and write about it, like all these things that I end up that I end up being a, a spokesperson for, always start with like or always have this European bent where it's like Europeans are the the reason that we have beer in the U.S., which is true, but there's there are reasons for that that are. Some okay reasons and some shitty okay. reasons. So let's too. let me restart. Okay, a bunch of <laughs> this is great dumb idiots happy, tres- trespassed happy, happy on land that wasn't their own. <laughs> they're not a bunch dumb, of dumb jerks. Desperate. Didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> the king religious. wanted to marry a bunch of times, so they all left. <laughs> Worst summary of the Anglicanism. <laughs> but from the beer side, basically, settlers didn't know what they were doing. They wanted to go about having ales is a, a basic sense. Like they wanted that's, beer. They that's had a, fair. The Europe had its large tradition of, uh, of a uh, beer and, and wrapped up kind of in this too is like, they're always, this, they're always is this weird stereotype and rich about beer being seen as this health tonic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, like St. Bernard's run around with whiskey is one thing, but like in the past, like, especially if we read a lot of old writings, a lot of the times they literally straight up will say like, we made an ale, like the physicians recommended ale. Mm-hmm. Physicians yeah. recommend ale as a health tonic. What's up with that? That is um, super bogus, uh, bad science for the most part. And, you know, stuff back 200 years ago, you know, there just wasn't enough physiological understanding and, uh, you know, of medicine and science and all this stuff for, to understand what alcoholic beverages were doing for us. But the fact is, uh, beers were typically not full of things that would make you sick right away when you drank them. You know, so they didn't have salmonella. They didn't have, uh, you know, E. coli and stuff in them. So they were literally safer to drink from that standpoint. You weren't ingesting bad for you bacteria that would make you sick. Often, you know, the understanding of alcohol or other psychotropic drugs and things like that, whether it's mescaline or marijuana or whatever, opium certainly was like, oh, this is some miracle drug that like gets you closer to God, you know, and and separating church from uh, or religion from medicine and religion from science was not even a concept. Like the church and science were the same thing for, you know, for centuries in, in Western European history or sorry, in Western history. So, you know, there are those reasons that all these claims were made that beer was this like miracle beverage, this tonic and all this stuff. Um, and alcohol certainly does have, uh, you know, important effects for reducing, you know, alleviating pain and, and being a sedative and calming people and all that stuff. But clearly when you go overboard with it, uh, there are a, a whole host of individual and societal problems that can, mm-hmm. that can, you know, occur or that can arise from that. So now with, with the modern understanding that we have, the science that we have, beer is not overly healthy. Can I say it that way? So maybe a little bit of beer, alcohol in moderation is not 
grossly unhealthy for most individuals. That's, that's like the most accepted science that we have at this point. There are lots of studies that come out that say that, oh, you know, two glasses of wine a day or two glasses of beer a day are actually healthful for you. But there are as many or more studies that show the opposite. And uh, the ones that get the press are the ones that are, you know, the ones that are going to help sell newspapers and sell, you know, get mm-hmm. clicks on yeah. online and all that stuff saying that beer is healthy. I'm pretty sure so, I, I did that. I think pretty sure I brought a study to the podcast one time that was mm-hmm. like Spanish guy, Spanish scientists saying that beer is healthy. health, like it's beneficial. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It's, it's lighthearted fun. Take, Don't yeah. take it too we seriously. You know? <laughs> and I certainly drink beer and certainly more than in moderation, mm-hmm. uh, a bit out of moderation, but I do other things in my life to hopefully balance mm-hmm. it. And, you know, by the time I, by the time I kick the bucket, we'll see if I was right. I, I also <laughs> just wonder like, you know, like how long do you expect to live? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like nowadays we like, you know, we expect to live like a, I'm just saying, like, if I lived in a time period where I could be gone by the time I'm, like, yeah. 35 or, like, at any day I could be out, <laughs> fuck it. Drink. Wolves could get you. You know what I mean? Like, Epicurean, you know, eat, drink, and be merry. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. So back to that, back to the history. So we got these idiots who don't know how to live on this land that's not theirs. Yeah. I love how you remassaged that and jujitsued it what? into, like, a new... Uh, after Rich, um, I took Rich's. spanked you on the hand. I know. Like, I, I, I know you know. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just love how you did it. I know. I kind of sound like I'm joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> That's essentially what I know. I know. But, I just, that's right, what I love so anyway, you got these colonizers, okay? <laughs> and they're dumb idiots, so they don't know all the modern stuff Rich knows about beer. And so they think, like, we got to get beer. Then we'll live longer. Oh, the dog's on the couch where she shouldn't be, but I'm going to let slide for a sec because we have to finish this. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a dicey history here. Um, so they start so they, they start just like throwing together things with the ingredients they have. Again, these people are dying left and right. <laughs> Three quarters and dying. They tried uh, making treacle beer with spruce tips and maple sap. Treacle beer. Yeah, and they were just, they were just throwing ingredients in. Yeah. Molasses was used a whole lot. Treacle is the English word for molasses. Got it. Okay. So they're just throwing those things together, seeing what works. But one local crop that had been there long before they were, um, that they heavily, ended up heavily relying on, was the pumpkin. Pumpkins, uh, in case you don't know, they basically grow like weeds. A, a history of Connecticut, um, so just to give the the perspective of these colonizers. Um, The History of Connecticut, written for British audiences in 1791, said that pumpkins were used for bread, custards, sauce, molasses, vinegar, and on Thanksgiving Day, pies, as a substitute for what the Blue Laws brand as anti-Christian minced pies. So if you wanted to be a good Puritan, you don't have those minced pies, you have a pumpkin pie. And that's that's where you get those pumpkin pies. I don't know what that means. Is that a mincemeat thing? Is there alcohol that's added to mincemeat? And therefore, blue laws were there to say, that's a good if you question. Have mincemeat yeah. with brandy in it or something to help the meat not go bad, then it's somehow anti puritanical. I'm not sure. I, when I was looking at it, like to make sure, like, because blue laws are typically alcohol based, but I guess they mm-hmm. don't have to be. Like, they just are any laws that are mostly based on, like, what you can do on a Sunday. For religious well, reasons. yeah, so there might have been something. With, so I think maybe the meat was the issue, but I couldn't find anything more other than just that mention of it. Oh, it could be meat. Okay, like you're not supposed to have meat. Um, well, yeah, that's Catholic meat, though. Yeah. there weren't a lot of Catholics in, no. in the U.S. at the time. I don't know. The late but just for some reason, it was anti-Christian to have a minced pie, so they had pumpkin <laughs> pies. So basically, those people are they're just eating a bunch of pumpkins. Pumpkins are everyone. So obviously, they came to be used in beer. Um, they didn't have the grains that are the great grains that Rich always talks about in Europe to make a proper ale. So instead of barley, they would use pumpkin. 
um, along with other flavorings such as molasses, bran, and corn. Apparently, while it was a cheaper, more accessible beer for the peasant class, uh, in her book Pumpkin, The Curious History of an American Icon, Cindy Ott makes that the argument that the beer really didn't taste very good, describing pumpkin ale as the beer of last resort. So that's, you know, the origin is this bad beer that basically was made out of necessity because they had a whole lot of pumpkins sitting around. Um, now, pumpkin ale was seen as particularly healthful. Again, going against what Rich, the whole thing Rich said, uh, Samuel Stearns in The American Herbal wrote, Different kinds of beer, ale and etc., are often prepared according to the prescriptions of the physicians, all of which, as well as pumpkin and brand beer, partake of the virtues of the ingredients put into such liquors. Yeah, but then farming techniques developed. Better brewing techniques were developed, and pumpkin ales just sort of faded away because it turned out it seems like that's the good sign that they didn't like it and that it wasn't any good. I see. Is as soon as they figured out how to yeah, use the other yeah, stuff. I mean, clearly, they, want, they, they, they right. started using yeah. it. They'd keep pumpkin. Pumpkin is a starchy to. fruit. It's a, it's yeah. a car- carbohydrate source. And therefore, you know, carbohydrates can ferment. And technically, if you had only pumpkins as your fermentation source in a, in a I shouldn't say a beer, in a beverage, it wouldn't be a beer because you need grain mm. in a beer for it to be a beer. And pumpkins are actually fruits. So... They aren't going to taste the same as you know an all barley. So it wouldn't even taste. be anything yeah, hey, like it. It ferments. It it had energy stored in solid carbohydrate format, and we mashed it up with some water to allow yeast to get in there. And the yeast is happy to consume those carbohydrates and turn them into, into alcohol. And then we get what we want, which is an alcoholic beverage. But I don't. I mean, to say it tasted like beer is is a hard sell. But you know, there were all sorts of substitutions and things that were done for you know these these european colonists that had a taste for what they construed as beer uh but they just yeah i mean as you said they couldn't get the grains that they wanted to to or that they knew how to use to make the beer flavors and beer styles that they wanted so they used whatever was local that would ferment easily and so you know other parts of like europe for instance that don't have uh great grain growing ecosystems grow a lot of grapes or apples Mm. and so you get things like cider or wine but when you come as you know, European colonists sort of fish out of water to to what's now the United States. You use whatever's abundant or semi-abundant and local, and that's things like corn or maize and yeah, pumpkins. pumpkins and molasses. Isn't local, but it was you know cheap because of slave labor in the Caribbean, and it was traded through through Boston, sort of kind of a, a money laundering scheme almost in in, uh, in Boston and Charleston and places like that. So there was a lot of a lot of molasses that was pretty kind of artificially cheap. And so that sort of stuff was used to make beer. But often there was always some sort of grain component, but the grain was so expensive that there were that, you know, brewers were looking for ways to cut this, cut the Mm. grain component with whatever they could find that was cheap. And that usually meant something local. And so that was sort of these proto beers in what's now what's now the United States often were just kind of shadows, poor, poor shadows of, of their former European selves. Then eventually, yeah, we we got out of uh, that sort of that, that economy time. by, you know, the agricultural revolution allowing us to grow things like barley and mm. wheat much more reliably. Yeah. Just because so these people really wanted to drink, though. They just really, they needed that. Mm. So pumpkin ales just went away until 1985, brings it to the modern era, when Bill Owens at Buffalo Bill's Brewery in Hayward, California, allegedly found a recipe for pumpkin beer that had been brewed by George Washington. Um, and he wanted to attempt a modern take on the style. Obviously, you'd want to do a modern take so that people would want to drink it, because apparently it tasted terrible. Um, and his version involved roasting pumpkins in a pizza oven and mixing that into, a, into the brewery's, their already existing amber ale. 
apparently that didn't taste like much because pumpkin has a super mild taste. It's not super flavorful, so it wasn't really worth it. And they were really going for more of a pumpkin pie taste, so they ended up adding spices. And that resulted in the first modern pumpkin ale. After a few years, the style caught on, um, especially when Garrett Oliver at Brooklyn Brewery created their post-road pumpkin ale. And, uh, you know, really took off from there. Right now, there are over 2,000 different pumpkin beers listed on beeradvocate.com. 2,000? Over 2,000 different... Yeah, iterations of pumpkin beer are listed. And that's not all of them, I assume. Not all of them end up on there. So there's a lot of different takes on pumpkin beers. And every year people come out with their own. It seems, and Rich, you can correct me if it's wrong, but it seems like it's a very high seller, too. It seems oh, like yeah. they, yeah, they do. Have you ever made a pumpkin beer, Rich? Uh, ask, ask Starbucks how important yeah. it is oh, to I, sell that okay, sort of stuff. Have you made a pumpkin beer? Uh, I have not. Okay. Um, I've made spiced beers, but no, I've never brewed with pumpkin or squash or potatoes before so no have you ever done a pumpkin spice beer no but i've done beers that have i've added mustard seed to beers i've added uh that's not that exciting um vanilla maybe yeah i've added some spices i guess i've mainly added herbs Mm -hmm. but um and other uh, other kind of sweet fruits but no gotcha boring boring answer nope (laughs) <laughs> I like I like it personally. I you do. I, I do. Are I you enjoy really into that. I like. Well, here's well. This is what we'll, this is what we'll get into now is the big okay. thing of pumpkin spice versus pumpkin. Okay. And I am personally, I'm team pumpkin spice. Like <laughs> in, and this is the thing because I know people get upset at Starbucks. I get kind of some of the backlash. There's like this trendy, like kind of annoying thing of pumpkin spice. Yada yada yada. I really enjoy the flavor of pumpkin spice. I think one thing that always is said is always that pumpkins, they're always like, well, the pumpkin spice latte doesn't taste like pumpkin. And guess what? It's not supposed it's to. Because it's, it's, it's not, using the spice, pumpkin, pumpkin spice. Because well, pumpkin spice is the spices you use Jeez. in like a pumpkin pie. I got it. So it's like cinnamon, nutmeg. And right. those are all right. very nice fall flavors to me. I yeah. think there is like a bit of a nostalgic sort of association to the season and Thanksgiving, there which totally I love. Yep. And so I honestly, every time the pumpkin spice latte comes around, I get excited. I, mean, I go I pick even, one up. I don't even know if I've had a lot of pumpkin pie. I mean, I think I've had some, but you know, we do sweet potato do pie. Sweet potato pie. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. We do pumpkin pie. Every My grandma would always make I'm a pumpkin pie. It. I'm not into it. Yeah. I dig that flavor. So I like pumpkin spice. And then when there are pumpkin, then so we can kind of get into this. So like there are, there's pumpkin the spice and then there's pumpkin the squash which like and rich I, you can probably speak a little more to the flavor of it but like i've mainly had it i've mainly only had the actual like pumpkin separate from the spices in like japanese food like tempura like fried mm-hmm. like pumpkin and i fried like it a lot mm-hmm. but it's like it's so different from any it's like this nut nutty buttery sort of squash thing that's more like a squash mm-hmm. yeah it is a squash totally yeah so squashes and gourds are they're native to the western hemisphere so that's something that like when you have it in japanese food or if you have like uh you know squash filled ravioli or or something in, in italy it's all you know that that's part of the diaspora if you will of these these kind of western hemisphere ingredients like peppers and chilies and corn and squash and tomatoes so yeah it's essentially it, it is a fruit it's got seeds in it um it's in the melon family and so, so it's, it's, it's definitely a, a fruit it's not a vegetable. It's, right. We think of it as a vegetable because it's not particularly sweet. Larry's looking you know, at me because you know? I typed vegetable on the, the sheet that I have here. <laughs> I wrongly Maddie, categorized we the pumpkin as attention. a vegetable. It, but you said, you said it's in the melon family? It's in the melon family, okay. as is cucumber. So when we think of melons, we think of sweet summer melons. But winter melons, as well as cucumber, are not sweet. And so you think of them as vegetables. But that's just sort of a cultural thing. I know. 
that a cucumber is a fruit. Trust me on that. <laughs> <laughs> that I know. We trust you, Larry. We trust you. Um, so because it's not a sweet fruit and it doesn't have a lot of aroma, like floral, uh, fruity aromatics, we don't think of it as having a, a, you know, a real role to play, a real starring role to play. Let's put it that way. So typically when it's used, uh, it's often used in, in foods that have other spices added to them. And so, you know, whether you think of, you know, this collection of, of spices like cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, all that stuff as like, you know, a fall thing in America, or like if you're, um, you know, from the Caribbean, you know, we they, they use a lot of uh, clove and cinnamon allspice in food there in, in Mexico, certainly. But obviously, certainly like uh, garam masala and warm spice blends in India are eaten, you know, throughout the year. And so we have, you know, Maddie, you're 100% right to say that you have a nostalgic thing there that like makes you helps make you love the pumpkin spice flavor there. But it's really a not the not the flavor of pumpkin. It's the flavor of those spices. Mm-hmm. And because of the cuisine you ate growing up, you know, that's that's what you associate it with. But I think if you take it out of the U.S., take that sort of beer out of the U.S. and, and present it to people uh, other places in the world, I think they're going to enjoy it because those are undeniably delicious spices. flavors. Yeah, but it's nothing. But they, don't, they won't have that that sort of that nostalgia, that, yeah. that, that baggage, if you will, of like, oh, this equals fall in, in, the, in the U.S. And the same thing with like spice holiday beers, spice Christmas beers. Um, you know, I mean, like, there's nothing that says like you have to put spices or that spices equal Christmas, certainly. But you know, that's what we come to expect out of like a fall or sorry, winter seasonal beer now. So it's a yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun and interesting evolution of these flavor profiles, but certainly driven by profitability, mm-hmm. driven by the commercial side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my pro argument is all wrapped up in all of that. I think it's like fun to, I think it's fun to just have these things that do show up seasonally. Like one, like sure. that, like I, if pumpkin beers was around year round, it probably could like, it's obviously quote unquote based around when pumpkins are in season, but like they could make these, most of these pumpkin beers don't even have pumpkin in them. So they can make them year round. Mm. Even if they did, they could probably figure out. But how do you normally in. like, even like during this time of year, grab some pumpkin beer? I'll grab one or two. Yeah. You do. So yeah. you do. Oh, yeah. So you do. And so that's, and it's like, I don't even drink a lot of them. Oh, but you do like, grab them. But I do. I'm like, oh, it's like kind of fun when it shows up that's and amazing. I'll like, go grab one, <laughs> one or two. Oh, he, the dog. Scared, he just scared me. The dog no, came out no, of the that's pretty, that's Yeah. Pretty. It's kind of this fun thing that like, oh, fun. Like pumpkin. The dog is on one today. No, that's very interesting because you know when I when I walk through the grocery store and I see the pumpkin beer, I usually go, "What the fuck is that?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I get that. <laughs> I get it. Well, also because I, but also I think part of that's because like that's true in a way. Like it could be no, what I, the fuck no, is that? Totally because a pumpkin beer can be anything. Because that kind of is what goes into this. Like it, yeah, it's not actually it's pumpkin, creative. or it's how much they flavor it. Yes. And it can be kind of different takes on. I mean, that I'm about. The, I am pumpkin. all about the pumpkin spice. Mm-hmm. Now, what we're drinking now is that a pumpkin beer, or a pumpkin spice beer. It says it's brewed with pumpkin, so it's got yeah. actual pumpkin in it, but it yeah. also has cinnamon, nutmeg, so it has a little bit of the pumpkin, the pumpkin spice, spice in it. So it's, so like it's a, a little bit of both. And it seems like I don't know. It's I mean, what it seems like what Bill's Brewery, what's the actual B- Buffalo Bills Brewery Buffalo found was Bills, that yeah. pumpkin on its own is pretty tough to. Everybody's going for that pumpkin flavor. pie flavor. Yeah, I think that's what people want. That's what, yeah. they're, trying. what, they that's what they're trying to yeah, do. Yeah, that's that's look. Pumpkins are sulfury. They're vegetable smelling, and they don't taste particularly sweet or sour or salty. They don't have a lot of taste. They just mm-hmm. smell sort of sulfury, so they're not really that exciting on their own. 
But if you're using them either for beer or for pie or for stuffing or, or just eating them as, as I was about to say vegetable, sorry, as a fruit, as a savory fruit. See, it's, you know, it's an easy mistake to make, though. It's understandable. It's plate, they, they perform a function, you know, which yeah. is why brewers, you know, in, in the proto United States a couple hundred years ago were using them, but they, they moved away from, from using them. But they're still a very like valid food. Like I eat potatoes and squash all the time. Like yes, why, not, why sure. not throw pumpkins in the mix? So it's fine as a food, but then. But do you I'm drink? Also, do you drink pumpkin beers? Is that something you like? To here's drink? the thing: I rarely do, but that's because I'm a kind of a conservative beer drinker. I'm an adventurous beer taster. Like I love to taste all the sorts of beers that are out there to figure out like what's working, what's not working, how can this beer improve, or like how does this beer blow my mind? You know, that stuff is really interesting to me. But when it comes down to what I actually just drink a lot of, I tend to drink stuff that typically decide what side of the fence you're on here. But but I like beer flavored beer. Okay. I like beer that tastes like malt hops and, you know, fermentation characteristics from yeast and kind of that's it. So I typically stick to old school styles of beer, but I really do like innovation and we can't look down, you know, we can't talk smack about pumpkin and pumpkin spice beers out of one side of our mouths. while out of the other side, we're we're lauding the idea of a, a white Russian beer. You know, adding I coffee. Am. I will. Can't do that. Rich said you can't. I am. You I know. He's saying that. you can't, but I will. <laughs> we can't have it both ways. Yes, Lee. I can. <laughs> so I love innovation and I love flavor exploration and I certainly do it culinarily. I do it with food. But when I actually sit down and drink a beer, especially if I'm going to drink a lot of one beer, the way, you know, you sit down and have a couple mosses of beer in a German beer garden. You know, I just want the beer to taste like the things that I'm expecting out of it. Mm-hmm. But if I want uh, something to be really innovative and, and interesting and challenging or something like that, then I, I'll certainly reach for something like a pumpkin beer and just see, see what's up with that. And yeah. that said, I do like a good Dogfish Head pumpkin ale. You know, you yeah. can't go wrong with a pumpkin I don't know if I've ever had that. Yeah. That was I'll, one of the ones I was going to recommend. I'll have to have that to see. Yeah, pumpkin ale's good. But Rich, is, Rich does like beer-flavored beer. He, he's, he, he sticks beer. to that. Because that. that's why he doesn't, like, do he doesn't too, like beer yeah. cocktails. We talked about this when we were just Rich drinking. Likes when we were just drinking the last couple of weeks together, we did we did a lot of drinking <laughs> in Phoenix, which was a blast. <laughs> but look, I like cocktails, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with a beer cocktail. But I, if I'm usually in the mood for a beer, and if I'm in the mood for a beer cocktail, or sorry, if I'm in the mood for a cocktail, I will I will include beer cocktails in that world of 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 flavors. But if I just want a beer, keep the cocktail out of it. Got it. Got it. So most of the time I want a beer, sometimes I want cocktails. And in that case, then Larry, I might have a Michelada. I just I, I I think I hurt Larry's feelings. A little bit. I didn't, I didn't like Michelada. I mean, if you're at a good Oaxacan place and they got a, a really good you know, Michelada, you got to I will say one it. thing I really like and Rich, you might hate this and be furious at me for saying this, but I really I'm enjoyed I, when I was upset. in Spain in some places they have clara con limon, I believe is what they call it. Which is okay. basically, it's like beer mixed with Fanta, like yellow or okay. with a lemon Fanta. Like it's basically lemon soda and beer oh, mixed. Okay. And mm-hmm. it's like the huge boost of lemon. And it's not like I would drink it a lot when it was like real, it was like hot and I'm like sweaty. We've been walking around a lot. It was like a yeah. very nice, refreshing. That's as far as I'll go with the mix. Well, also they do. It's um, totally refreshing. Re- don't they do something refreshing. with Coke? Yeah, they, I was going to say, I forget the name of it. Wine, do you know, what's the name of it? Calimocho. Calimocho. That's wine and Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Wine and Coke. Yeah. Which I believe. Rich, I believe it's because they had bad, like wine was bad, and they had wanted to cover up the bad flavor. I of the don't wine. know why. Were, why. I think, I think it's said that was why they do it, and I was like, that's the funniest reason to do it. It was my understanding. It was the one thing I drank in Spain that I did not like oh, was Calimocho. Oh, Maddie, wow. I, do you like I, it? I drink a lot of Calimocho. Oh, really? Oh, oh, yeah, because who is this guy? Your guy drinks Calimocho. 
Oh, well, I don't drink it when I want beer. I drink it when I want something other than beer. And same with uh, same with your your yeah. Clara, but, but, but Rich, but Rich, how many Germany times do you how often, how often do you, you want something? How often do you want something other than beer? One oh. percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Rich is a Kali Mocho guy. They're great. I remember that. Especially, so so I Phoebe and I, not a huge we, we, we buy a lot of uh, Diet Dr. Pepper. You know, look down your noses at, at me for, for drinking soda, especially a oh, Diet DP is great. But it's part. great. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And especially if you understand the flavors that are in it, there's a lot of vanilla flavor in there. There's a lot of almond extract flavor. Mm-hmm. So it's benzaldehyde. Like I kind of, and you know, caramel aromas and all that. Like I go into the, the science of it all. Now, but sorry, that is a take. Diet Dr. Pepper is great, especially if you understand the flavors. <laughs> I love it. Only, it's for those who really get it. it. Sorry, go on. So what do you anyway, call a Master Cicerone of Dr. Pepper? I love it. If you have a couple glasses of red wine left over in the bottle that you opened up the previous night, and it's the middle of the day, it's hot, and you want some a little pick-me-up, you go for the Dr. Pepper, you're like, eh. Let's uh well in in, in Italy they call um mix, mixes of espresso with booze they call them cafe corretto so cafe like coffee and corretto like corrected so I'll have a corrected Dr Pepper by mm-hmm. throwing in some red wine. Okay. And well, Dr Pepper that sounds better. Okay, yeah. It's got the cherry. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm down to tr- listen. I'm like you. I will try anything. I will try yeah. it, but I don't know if I'll drink it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's hilarious. Yeah. To take it back to the pumpkins real quick, uh, the Brewers Association style guidelines do differentiate between there's pumpkin slash squash beer, which is brewed with pumpkin without spicing, and then there's pumpkin spice beer, which I feel like most of the ones you'll find actually fall under, which may or may not contain pumpkin, but do use spices. And some of the examples, like Rich said, Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale, that's one that I like, Post Road Pumpkin Ale from Brooklyn Brewery. And then just to kind of get into like the way you can do it a million ways, Elysian Brewing, yeah. um, I guess last year they had four different pumpkin beers that they did from the one brewery. They had Night Owl, they had The Great Pumpkin, they had Dark of the Moon, and Punkachino. I would try The um, Great Pumpkin. Try The Great one Pumpkin. Of those, oh, yeah. I would try The Great Pumpkin. One of those won, a, uh, won gold at uh, GABF, I think, last year. Oh. So, so the, I like the, night the owl. Like I've had night owl, I, and I like it. I have a question: When it. you are brewing it with, uh, when you are brewing it with actual pumpkin, uh, what what state of the brewing process are they are they um, injecting it in there? Well, Is it part of the work, part of the tea. Yeah, it's a it's a carbohydrate source, right? So if you're if you're gonna do a late pumpkining, you're gonna be left over with a lot of starchiness and uh, the sulfury flavors. So usually it's it's used earlier on in the in, process in the so boil. I mean, you wouldn't want to use it during the boil, but you could add during the mash, I think is, is the most typical thing. So you could roast up some pumpkin and then throw in a bunch of, you know, roasted chunks of pumpkin in the, in the mash, or probably more common is using a uh, puree, commercial puree, just like, you know, opening up a can of pureed pumpkin, you know, as if you're going to make a pumpkin pie at home. But yeah, that, those are the, the two main ways that, that you would add. Pumpkin. So I, that's really quick. And I don't want to, I want to stay on this too long because, but when you said you wouldn't want to do it in the boil, why is that? There are a handful of things you're doing in the boil, but one of the things you're trying to do is to clarify uh, or so, sorry, coagulate solids from the malt um, and remove those. Those solids are protein. So when you boil your wort, you're basically making a tofu uh, and you get these like floating mats of, of coagulated um, barley protein that you want to remove because if those left, if they made their way into the finished beer, um, I mean, 
you wouldn't you wouldn't want big chunks of tofu in your finished beer, uh, but you would um, probably get extra thick proteins and stuff in the beer, and the beer would just have too much body. It would be potentially sort of gloppy, um, certainly affect yeah. clarity. And so yeah. you're trying to clarify and purify the wort. So if you add a whole bunch of solids and carbohydrates into your into your boil, then it. you're just gumming up the whole process and okay. having a less refined beer. Got it. It's worth the ask. I had to ask. I had to ask, Maddie. Are you, I didn't. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Maddie, don't be a hater. I didn't say anything. Didn't, it was good. I was Larry, on Larry, do you want to start your own podcast with me? No, don't do that. You me? Maybe. <laughs> and Quinn, I get Quinn. I get Justin yeah, get Dan, Quinn. and they're divorced. Yeah. All right, you get Quinn. I get Justin Dan. <laughs> so, Larry, you're against pumpkin ale. Sounds I, like. well. I just have to have a good one. I, I don't. I'm, I mean, look, I. I I respect beer. I would say to update, I enjoy the Maine and Mill holidays sessions. Well, see, part of the problem is I've been drinking like my favorite, mm. one of my favorite styles of beer, which is sours, mm. which are sours. I don't know what I'm, I've been drinking, so forgive the verb tense. But but what I will say is, so I'm not that into it right now. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Thanks for sharing with me, guys. It's really cool. You're welcome. I don't know if I love it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy that. The sarcasm. What? I wouldn't. I wouldn't you buy, wouldn't buy that. that. No, I would drink it if you're like, "Hey, welcome to a holiday party. We got this pumpkin okay. beer. All right, pour me some." I liked I it. I liked it, but like with a lot of pumpkin and a lot of holiday sort of. I'm like, I had the one. Like I'm. I had this one Halloween stout. I'm good. Next Halloween, can you, maybe I'll revisit. Can you make a sweet potato beer? You sure can. Or a sweet yeah, potato was... spice beer. At the, at the risk of letting a whole episode go by without talking about the brewery in Placentia, um, <laughs> they, uh, uh, they make uh, their sort of autumn seasonal beer, at least a few years ago. It was called uh, Autumn Maple, and it had um, sweet potatoes and maple syrup oh, yeah, in it. I've and had it was that. their version of a pumpkinless pumpkin beer. And uh, it sold great for the first couple of years, and then sales started to decline. So uh, I was talking to the, to the owner, Patrick, and he's like, yeah, well... You know, we're thinking of uh, switching up to make it a, a, a dark sweet potato beer just to Ooh. sort of keep people on their toes. Oh, and geez, so that did well for a couple of years. And I, I, the sad thing is, I think without the pumpkin spice, it's just not going to be a winner at the end of the day. Even though like it's spice. a delicious beer, they had to keep tweaking it to make it interesting, to keep, uh, hmm. sorry, to, to make the market think it was interesting. Did you try it? it? It was, oh yeah, I had all the versions of it. Yeah, was it, was it great? Super delicious. Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. Could you, you know, could you for sure identify sweet potato? I don't know. You know, it's sweet potatoes are good on their own, but they're kind of mild when they get diluted with a whole bunch of beer. Sure. But um, yeah, it was great. They and a good beer. A whole bunch of maple syrup flavor for they sure. They a good beer though. They, they sure really do. do. They do great beer. They yeah. Do fantastic so, beer. So if anyone out there knows any good sweet potato beers, let us know. Yeah, let we'll us put know. Put them up against the white Russian. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. This was really fun talking about the McRib of beers. That seasonal classic pumpkin ales. You're gonna make me vomit. Well, the McRib of no, beers is analogous. It's like you know, it's seasonal. It comes back. And there are no ribs in this beer. Yeah, no ribs. In, I didn't say it is McRib. It's an analogy. Uh. <laughs> That's it. Um, if you have any the questions, the Calimocho of McRibs. The Calimocho of McRibs. I'm still drinking beer. If you have any questions or if you find any good beers that you'd like to recommend to us, or if you want us to do any tasters for them, let us know. Uh, liquidbreadpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at liquidbreadpod. I'm Maddie Smith. I'm on Twitter on at Maddie Smith with two Fs. Larry? Talented Mr. Bates or the Talented Mr. Bates, depending on where you're at. Um, 
I got nothing else. I'm going to drink the rest of this sour. Rich? Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Rich, and my handle is at Malty Rich, if I remember correctly. I haven't done anything in over a year and a half, which I feel sort of good about it. And sort of that's sad, great. too. But I that's good. hiatus from social media. Yeah. So, yeah, cheers. Always um, good. Drink some beer. That's it. Um, and until next time. No one wants to Happy say. beering. Do I, do I say it? Happy yes, you were supposed to. I was pointing to you. Oh, you couldn't see